0: Welcome to the Practical Mystic Show, where we bring you simple tips and techniques from around the globe to help practical people deal with extraordinary experiences. And now, your favorite scientist, shaman, and sacred clown, and also the show's host, Janine Bolin. So welcome back to Walking the Medicine Wheel with Shamans. I am your host, Janine Bolin, and this is a kind of bonus, if you will, for the Practical Mystic Show. I have with me today a wonderful shaman and incredible wheel walker by the name of Reno Longmoons. Reno, would you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience before we move forward with today's subject?
1: Absolutely. Good morning and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Janine, for having me with you today. My name is Reno Longmoons. I am the owner of Hollow Bone Artistry. Um, I am a wheel walker and a bridge walker. And what those two things mean is I help you connect to source with using the medicine wheel as a meditation tool and to discern where you are in your walk and your journey of life. And I'm a bridge walker because I'm able to connect uh, so many different experiences and life barriers to bring healing.
0: I think that's a really wonderful way to state it. And as we walk the medicine wheel, there are are reasons to walk a wheel where you're doing it as an individual or you 're looking for healing and you have a shaman with you that's walking with you, and then there are times where whole tribes will walk a wheel for a specific sort of outcome that they're uh, walking that wheel for so one of the things that we talked about this is uh the episode number two out of five that Reno and I are going to be doing mainly because she and I are both wheel walkers, but we come from very different experiences and traditions. And that's why we just were tickled pink that we got to be able to do this together. Uh, in the previous episode, we were talking about, the introduction of the medicine wheel, and then how you would enter a wheel. But today, it's all about what we call the East Gate. Now, many tribes require that you come through the East Gate. And so, Reno, if you would just talk a little bit about the tribal perspective of coming through the East Gate, and then I'll bring in the Buddhists later. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. The East Gate, yes, is in traditional terms the entry point uh, for a lot of the different tribes, because that's the beginning. That is where the sun rises. Everything is brand new. Ideas, illuminations uh, are brought to us in the East Gate.
0: And so one of the things that, I always f- giggle a little bit about when I first learned about different native American tribes and I've only worked, uh, with only, I've only worked with 16 of them. So that's, that's not many. Cause we have hundreds, but the thing that I I found kind of cute and fun was the fact that it was just like the Buddhists and the Hindus, where when we sat to meditate in mass or as a group, we always had to face East and we would have these temporary altars we would put up that would allow us to face East no matter what was going on. And there were times where we would put up screens and stuff like that to shield our, our eyes from, uh, other areas of homes or, uh, rooms that were less favorable to be looking at. And we would have these little altars that we'd put up and everybody would face east and we would meditate. So we were taught that it was the new energies, the new mindsets, the like you said, the new beginnings. So you, usually when you're coming to the wheel, there is something that you want to change. And if you want that change to be something brand new, then you're going to go through the east gate. But there are other things going on with the east gate. So Rena, if you don't mind, I'd love for you to chat a little bit about it's also a gate of preparation because you're headed south and in your particular people's wheel that is a significant journey you're trying to get people through so if you don't mind talking a little bit about that journey
1: absolutely um with the east gate one of the things I do want to mention is, is it's a great, you know, most of the TPs and a lot of times as Native Americans will, will purchase a home or look for a home that faces east because we want to greet the new day. And in that greeting of the new day comes the gratitude and the thanks and then, you know, those offerings prayerfully and meditatively to source to allow us to understand what we need to do within that day or maybe bring forth a new project, if you will. Um, I'm sorry, that kind of didn't answer your question at all. That,
0: that's okay. We, you and I have talked about this. You know, sometimes when we open up and we start talking about our teachings, new teachings come through. So I'm, I'm willing to listen to anything that you have to say. So go ahead and chat with us a little bit about when we're seeking illumination, when we are seeking a new mindset or inspiration, there is that need to kind of get back into that heart of a child. And that can be uh, that can be a journey that takes people some time. And when you're trying to move them through the East gate, you and I were kind of giggling about, uh, yeah, sometimes some people are faster than others on that one. So if you don't mind speaking a little bit about p- preparing people to get ready to enter the South gate, which is a which has its own issues and challenges and teachings and lessons, uh, the Eastgate too is prepping you for that. So if you talk a little bit about that. Absolutely.
1: I know, and I'm gonna to speak to things that have occurred in in my world it, for me as an individual. Is it any time that I had either chaos or something throw itself for me to look at closely. I'm reminded to go back to the childhood things that I liked, the adventures that I took with my dad, the things that brought me greater joy. And I found that in revisiting those both in a mental way, and in some cases going back to doing the same kind of um, fun Joyful things like for me, it was doing archery or just hiking and tracking in the woods with my dad, those types of things. When I revisited those as an adult and found that the joy still lived there, that was huge for me. And so I counsel a lot of my clients now that are just struggling with, you know, either where things are right now to go ahead and go back and revisit the things that you loved. As a child, because it allows you that fresh perspective again, it's like new age, new eyes with an adult with adult eyes. So I, I strongly encourage seeking with a childlike mentality and looking for the brand new. And that's what the East brings to us.
0: And I agree. And one of the things that we've chatted about before, when you and I have been walking a wheel together has been the concept that sometimes people can only remember back to when they were 10 and to have that childlike wonder requires them to move even younger into their memory. And because of some sort of trauma or some sort of life event, they feel blocked or stuck. And our job as shamans is to gently move them where they want to go. Like we don't, we don't encourage that. We, you know, take somebody they, where they don't want to go, but we do remind them, you entered the wheel with X, Y, Z purpose. This exactly. is part of that purpose. So do you want to talk a little bit about folks who don't remember past age 10? They don't want to remember into their younger time.
1: You know, that's such a personal place. For a lot of the folks and I and encourage when we begin to walk that Eastern walking into that Eastern gate is to really set what your expectation for this moment is and give yourself some grace to accept that maybe you can't go all the way back to eight, but we're going to address what you can get to. And, and when we release a lot of those things as we process and, of course, move further towards the south, those things are going to, everything will come as it's supposed to naturally and organically, as opposed to feeling pressured by that moment. So when you walk into the east gate with the expectation, here are some things that I want to work, at, work on. Source is going to meet you there and help. You define what you're comfortable with and what you're not yet and what your overall goal is to get to. And by just addressing the initial outreach in the East Gate, makes the journey through the rest of the wheel on that topic smoother and allows you to absorb and take that in as you're ready to. So it, it should never be a pressurized system. You know, it should never be anything that's like, I can't go to the South. I'm not ready. And that's okay. We can do that. So I think, you know, source plays a big part in all of this and what it is you're trying to accomplish. (coughs) Excuse me.
0: I totally agree. Uh, one of the things that I saw happen at a wheel that I was walking, and it was during we were walking the wheel up in the Crow Nation in Wyoming, and one of the fascinating aspects was uh, the shaman asked the gentleman to actually get down on his knees in the East gate. And I was a little confused by that being raised Catholic. um, I had my own paradigm that I was having to, to walk through. And as the gentleman started walking on his knees from the East gate down to the South, then he started talking Younger and younger as a child, and it was because he was over seven foot two. His he had a name that represented big day. I, I won't say his name, but and I was like, yeah, the guy was huge. He could see the sun before anybody else. He was so tall, and so, so the shaman had him get on his knees so that he would get that height perspective. And like you said, it wasn't done out of pressure, and it was done with just give this a try. And that was one of the first times I've ever, I had ever seen uh, two men working together to help, help each other because uh, I was raised military. And so that had a very different uh, energy to it. And so it was a delight to see that more passive, that more you have strength. That is not what's in question here. It's you moving at a pace that is of your own making. And that that was something quite delightful to see as I watched that shaman uh, work and monitor the, the East Gate for people.
1: Absolutely. And I think by just defining your own set of expectations the, and what it is you're seeking in that East Gate, it reveals itself energetically within you. And you may not feel it right away at first, like, oh, boom, the sun came up and I've got a bright light over my head. It may not be that way. It may be just as subtle as going, that's a new way to look at something. And I didn't realize that. Let me chew on that one a little bit my favorite line
0: (laughs) let me chew on that that a little bit exactly and I I also enjoyed the fact that uh, so many of the people you and I have worked with they get the enlightenment the illumination the aha on the drive home like it it didn't happen during the event it happened on the drive home or the next morning when they woke up the sun came out you know so (laughs) (laughs) you can't really really time it exactly yeah
1: and that's where that concept of the yellow color and envisioning i mean if you're very color color geared <laughs> those that energy of yellow is going to help broaden what you see and help lift the weight that you're carrying just by visualizing and working with the energy of the color yellow so the happiness will that happy childhood happiness starts coming back in you, it 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 really switches it up for you and I think that's a great place because you're going to need that motivation as you continue on in this journey.
0: Right. The, the energy and the motivation. And one of the kind of interesting aspects that I ran into with one of the wheels uh, that walked uh, the East Gate, and yes, it was a yellow color as well, they were talking about this is the area of rest. And renewal, and I thought that was interesting because yellow is such a high energy color. And what they meant was to rest the old ideas, to renew the old ideas, and it was a little different twist on what I had seen before. And so, rest, renew, rejuvenate, refurbish were some mm-hmm. of the words that were used for that particular wheel. And that was from the Northwestern uh, tribes that I had was had the. Uh, privilege of being able to work with. So as people are moving about your wheel, uh, Reno, I'd like to know kind of about as we move out of the North gate and as we're moving in to the East gate, the North is the place of healing where they kind of empty out their heart, their desires. But then as they move into the East gate, how do you personally uh, prep people as they get ready to enter that gate?
1: Well, for, for us in the North, um, really, the, one of the main things is in the North that we're asking spirit to bring us the understanding or an inkling, if you will, of what it is that we need conceptually. If, whether it's a brand new idea, you know, this is where all of those uh, ideas in your head start percolating, if you will. And you go, Oh, I wonder if I could do that. I mean, for, for me in the North, that's what the North represents is conceptual ideas and things, new things to try because the next step, like you said, was the East gate. And in preparation of going to the East gate, we have this little uh, sub gate called the Northeast. And there's a lot of things that happen in that moment where we have the energy of the moon, the north. The northeast subgate is really kind of a, more on the subliminal side of what we're going to work with. When you're working with just the four cardinal gates, um, we have that moon energy that's going to help nurture and provide us dream time for for the ideas that we're working on, and it starts putting into place the choreography of how we take something from our mind and manifest it into the physical and into our lives, which takes us right on into the East Gate. So with that element of fire that's in the East Gate, that's life. That's that motivation that gets us going. The sunrise, the uh, yellow energy that we have, all of those things start getting us pumped up to look at things that we need to and to be able to start implementing them.
0: Did that um, answer? <laughs> yes, it totally it totally answered my question because I know that uh, the next episode we're going to talk more about the South Gate, but for uh, Reno and her medicine wheel, the South Gate is red, so it would make sense that you'd move into a yellow field and then you would move into the red field, which uh, very much an action oriented uh, field at that time. But we're going to spend just a little bit more time in the East Gate before we wrap up this episode. I'd like to chat a little bit about folks who may feel stymied or like their boots are stuck in the mud. I mean, I've heard all of these sorts of uh, metaphors when I would walk wheels, like people would literally stop in the East gate and go, I can't move forward, I'm stuck in the mud. And of course, as you said, it's a very personal journey, but if we could kind of go to a overview of the gate, if somebody is feeling a little bit stuck, are there questions that you recommend they ask themselves so that they can move forward?
1: You know, I have found the most direct questions, (laughs) excuse me, I am so sorry, are typically the best. So I I like to start with, why do I feel stuck? What is that overall energy? Am I stuck because I have maybe some financial issues or some emotional issues, whatever that may be, and and I'll narrow it down and work through, let's say it's afraid of being able to be accepted for who I am, my true authentic self. That's a lot of pressure and there's fear in there and you have to take small bites and understand why why you're reacting, what your knee-jerk reaction is to that question. So I, I always pose a lot of questions of why do you feel this way? What is it that triggered it? Can you tie it back to any one specific moment in your life? And especially in the East, and we're looking at things from a childlike perspective, there may be something there that now that spirit has compelled you to look at whatever that is in some form, just even motivationally saying, this is something to look at. Now you're going to go, okay, let's define what that something is because it's probably blocking you from you being as successful as you dream and desire to be. So, you know, I, I start with the why questions. Where did this come from questions? You know, why do I feel this way? What can I tie it back to? Is there an event to tie it back to? If not, is there something that is maybe more, more current day that has triggered this that will lead me back? So kind of doing your cookie crumbs, if you will is the best way that I can say works for working with my clients in that, in that moment, you know, because everybody is so different and has so many different traumas and excitements and disappointments and joyful moments that, you know, we are moving through life so quickly now that we aren't really registering all that has happened. So in that East is a good place to register those things so that you can move forward.
0: And thank you so much for that. I want, I kind of set that up on purpose because uh, Reno and I had an experience where we really got a visual three-dimensional representation of somebody who was quite stuck and we were not the shamans that were going to be able to assist this particular individual. We were standing at a wheel and this woman walks up to me originally and she asked me to help her walk through the wheel. As I went through the process I use, we got stuck at the East Gate because she goes but i don't have issues with my body i think you're just saying those things because i'm overweight and she was overweight but that wasn't really what i was queuing into i was queuing into the fact that i haven't she she picked for her totem a jaguar and jaguar is the only animal that takes its kill up into a tree to eat and i was like there's something about food there's something about food Well, she had a friend there and her friend says are you getting uncomfortable now it seems that every mystic Every psychic, every medium, every shaman this woman had gone to, and I don't know how many it had been, had always mentioned her weight and her food. So I said, "Okay," I handed her her uh, money back because it was a metaphysical fair where you got to try out a lot of different uh, types of uh, people as far as, you know, psychics and mediums and card readers and stuff like that. And I said, here's your money back. I recommend that you go to a different shaman. And I said, Reno Long Moons is down the hall and she can help you out. And then she came back and she was very upset with me. And she goes, she said the same thing. And so I'm like, well, how many times, how many, she had said it differently. Now Reno has different emblems, has different personality and perspective, but the woman had received the same message. And so sometimes when you're not ready to receive the message, you you can also be stuck. And I just wanted to share that story because it was something that uh, was helpful to me because sometimes we're told as shamans, you're just dead wrong and you, you don't have enough information to be able to tell if that's accurate or not. You just have to go with what spirit is revealing to you. And in that case, it was wonderful to hear Reno's interpretation. She had a whole different way of stating the information to this young woman But it came back to the same thing that there was something about certain foods that was not healthy for her body. And so anyway, so long story short, it doesn't matter what paradigm or perspective you're using. If you feel stuck, then a lot of times moving into a higher energy color, such as the East Gate, is very therapeutic because you can stand there and let the sun just warm your body. You can just stand. You don't necessarily have to act. And I think sometimes that gets us into trouble. So Reno, I would love for you to chat a little bit about the pressure that some of us sometimes have or experience that we have to act like we're being forced to act and we don't want to. What are some lessons or some advice that you can give uh, souls for that?
1: I'm going to speak from my own experience because I think that resonates better. You know, I think people go, oh, I'm not the only one that thinks this way. And sometimes it is, I am the only one that thinks this way. But a lot of times, the things that I find have had me stymied is, you know, in that stuck mode or what have you, is that I will, I'm service oriented. And because I want to help so many people, I have to remember sometimes. I need to wait for them to ask for help. And so I'll get a little dejected, or I feel like, Am I not doing the right stuff? But I'm actually probably being more over assertive than I should be, you know? And so that puts me in a place of being stuck. So I find for me that when I feel stuck, that it's because I've compromised a standard, a boundary. I've overinflated or allowed a limitation to be kind of set to the side and gone I'm, Yeah. But this person needs this or this, you know, and I give and give and give and pretty soon I have not replenished my own self with what my own healing, you know, and I think you have to take charge of those things to be able to go. I'm ready to tackle this. I'm not ready to tackle that. And more predominantly i see women compartmentalize those emotional moments or those events and sometimes you're just not ready to open up that box but when you are is it not nice to know that you're not the only one that thinks this
0: way it's very it's very helpful in my own experience when i find that i am getting stuck it's because i'm not letting go of enough stuff mm-hmm. or i'm i'm dragging too much stuff along with me because of my Eastern mentality. It's surrounded a lot more by what am I carrying with me as far as appointments and duty and responsibilities and all that, that leadership uh, mode. So I have more of the service mindset, like, Um, Reno, but mine is service leadership or leadership service, however you want to refer to that. And because of that, sometimes I take on more responsibilities than I really should. And it's not my my job. And I don't, as I, uh, what I like to say is I'm not staying in my lane. I need to stay (laughs) in my lane and do my job and let other people drive on their lane, you know, to use a very modern metaphor. So these are some things that both Reno and I have laughed and giggled about ourselves because we know how we think. And then when, when her paradigm or my paradigm, They don't clash, but they don't mix harmoniously. We realize, oh, it's a language, something with the language. And we realize that, oh, we actually are pretty much in tune with one another. It's just the way the language is working. So as we um, get ready to wrap up this particular uh, episode with the East Gate, is there anything else that you want to share regarding the East Gate, its creation? It's the gate that is full of wonder. So would you like to speak a little bit to that?
1: It is. It is a a gate full of wonder and illumination. Um, I just know for myself, when I spend time in the East Gate, and I, I make time for that first thing in the morning and allowing that rise of the sunshine, even if you visualize it and don't have to stand outside for it, but you allow that watching it come up and begin to spread the light across the globe and just the warmth of it. That's where the wonder starts happening for me, because then I look deeper into that light from my perspective and I go, wow, what am I going to, what do I have to look forward to today? And I try to keep the script as possible, as positive as possible, because this is an opportunity These illuminations and wonderings are possibilities and options. And I I think you need to stay open to those things.
0: Yes, definitely keeping our opportunities open for myself with the East gate. It's one of the places that I find myself dancing and I get giggly and I, it doesn't take me much to get back into that childlike mindset. Some people say I've always had that childlike mindset, but I I giggle a little bit. It's one of those things that, uh, it's the gate that I I start craving candy. I start craving like candy canes and uh, that kind of thing, because as a child, to me those were those were the elements that were really important for me so just remember that when you 're standing in the east gate it 's also a place of meditation where you are just really happy to be in your own company right me myself and i we 're having a great time here right. <laughs> meditating and so i'd love for you to talk a little bit about Just being in joy with who you are in the moment, if you don't mind. We've talked about this before, and people have always been very helped by what you had to say on that.
1: I think just finding that moment of everything is okay. For that moment, everything, live in just that moment in that eastern sunrise and realize that you're kind of in your own space and there's nothing else around you to affect you. So live in that moment, live in that time of the East gate, find that joy and that contentment. That's the best things I can tell you with the East gate and that meditation in the morning and allow it to begin to well up and motivate you to carry you throughout the day.
0: It is so important. So One of the things we recommend to those of you who already have a meditation practice, allow yourself to lighten up a bit. Uh, the yes. practice doesn't need to be so serious. Lighten up and 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 just have some fun. Have some fun and in, in your sacred space, wherever that is. For those of you who don't have a routine, just start. You know, three minutes a day. Just start sitting calmly and sit there. It doesn't have to be serious. It most definitely, can be lighthearted and hi It's me, God. How are you? I mean, to use my vernacular, you know, it's me again. And uh, here's what's going on. And I know you're omniscient and omnipresent and everything, but you know, I need to talk to somebody. Otherwise, I'll just sit here and I feel stupid. So, this is how I spoke (laughs) when I first started meditating because I really didn't know what to do. But then a process came to me through the East Gate. And it was that process that brought me a medicine wheel. And that's how that vision quest kind of worked. So, take the time to build your own process, because that will be the most appropriate one uh, for you.
1: I totally agree with that. Absolutely.
0: And Reno, I have watched her many, many times, turn to a fellow Native American of a different tribe and say, what do you remember? And the person saying, I don't remember anything. I'm going to borrow yours. And she goes, well, you can, borrow my paradigm for a period of time but i would like you to make sure that you really start listening and it wasn't too long after that where the woman would start singing and then she would start remembering her songs and then she would start messing with colors because she knew she was working a different wheel she needed to work a a wheel that was closer to her tribal uh, mindset so anything else you want to share about the east gate before we move on with this episode
1: If you're doing this outside, take time to feel Mother Earth under your feet. Whether you have shoes on or not, it doesn't matter. You can still feel her energy, and she will help you. She will help you to understand what it is that's about to be revealed for you, the joy that is available to you, and she'll keep you grounded while you're doing that. So just you know when you feel that and you can step out into mother earth whether it's the grass or or a wheel itself just acknowledge her and, and give her the thanks that she also deserves because as we're watching the energies rise we need to be kept grounded as well. So know that she's there to help you out. <laughs>
0: That's brilliantly said. So thank you so much for listening. This is Janine Bolin and Reno Longmoons. Uh, walking the Medicine Wheel with Shamans, also part of the Practical Mystic Show. If you'd like to learn additional features, please go to hollowboneartistry.com, which is Reno Longmoon's particular site. She holds women's retreats. She eventually will be holding men's retreats so that she can continue to teach people how to walk the medicine wheel in their own way. Thank you for being with us today, Reno. This has been the Practical Mystic Show with Janine Bolin. For show notes, resources, and more, visit the 8 Thanks for listening.